How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Meet or on the rocks? It's the Sports Bar with Dainter and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. Yeah, I mean, I think you can take a certain amount, but then there's a certain amount you can't, right? So it's probably split down the middle, really. I mean, we have some new players that didn't play in that first game. And um, and so um, I, I just think it's uh, you learn a little bit from it, and then this game will take on its own identity and make it. This is Bills head coach Sean McDermott. Yeah, these are two different teams from the first meeting earlier this season. The Bills traveling down to Miami for the AFC East. Talks and Buffalo Bills football covering the team for the Syracuse Post Standard. Host of the Shout Podcast, Matt Perino, stopping by on a Tuesday as he does throughout the course of the Bills season. Matt, hope you had a great holiday season. And now you got a trip to South Beach in your immediate future. We got a lot to get to after that win on Sunday and, and everything that's gone on since then. And, and I know you were kind of like the spearhead of this line of questioning yesterday during the Zoom call with Sean McDermott. What was the excuse for Steph Diggs and, and kind of like not necessarily the lack of production, more so the lack of usage? Him not being out there to start the second half is questionable, isn't it? Yeah, it was weird. And then Joe Brady in the in his press conference said that he, uh, he basically alluded to there never being a third down where Stephon Diggs wasn't on the field. But uh, I haven't actually gone back. I, I'm, I'm hoping to get some time to do it later. But I do think that there was a third down, at least one, where he wasn't on the field, but either way, I mean, you look at the, the, the snap percentage that is just plummeted over the last three games. And it just, it, it feels like something's going on here, whether it's fundamentally with what they're doing um, or something's going on with the stuff on Diggs. And, you know, Sean McDermott basically left both of those doors open by saying that, you know, it, it, sometimes it's a personnel thing. Sometimes it's trying to get him, some rest in certain times. And sometimes they even go into the game with that kind of uh, mentality. Listen, I mean, I, I get it to a degree. Like I, I think Stefan Diggs is, you know, he's on the wrong side of 30. You know, you, you do want him to be as fresh as possible for the playoffs. And if that means getting him uh, a couple extra rest uh, during a game week, I get it, but these have been close games that you got to have at games and his snap count. I mean, he was out snapped last game by Khalil Shakir. And, and so, I, I don't know, it seems like they're saying all the right things and that, you know, they want to get him more involved in the offense all while not force-feeding him because I think that that is also not a great plan of attack. And we've seen how that's gone in years past. Um, but it's, it's a really bad time for just this cloud of doubt that's kind of like hanging over the offense going into a must-win game this week and then into the playoffs. 
It, not surprising uh, to me, though, was, hey, they actually bench Von Miller here. Um, do you see a pathway for Miller to be active for the rest of the season here, Matt? I mean, I do. I don't think he should be. Uh, I think you've seen everything that you need to see through nine games. And what was on the field on, against the Chargers was, you know, a complete fall back to what we saw in the early games. Like I think of Jacksonville, um, the Giants game, then the first Patriots game. Like he had a, a moment there in the fourth quarter against the Chiefs where there was two impact plays that he made down the stretch, which, you know, whether or not you think he should be on the field is, is a completely other conversation. And, you know, he spoke for the first time last week, and I don't think anybody was super comfortable with, you know, how he kind of brushed off some of, you know, the things that were in that police report. And, and both the team and Von Miller have said now that, you know, you know, there's things that you read in articles and, you know, that's not true, but it's like, it's not stuff that was in articles. It was stuff that was in a police report and it was a 911 phone call from Von's pregnant girlfriend, which he confirmed that she was pregnant. So, you know, I don't know. For, from my perspective, he's not playing well enough to, to be on the field because it's potentially taking away snaps from a guy like A.J. Epinesa who you need on the field. And then there's that a whole other part of it. And I, and I get it. Like, you know, he, the team at this point, I would imagine, has done enough due diligence to where if they're putting him out there, they must feel comfortable with it. They, have, and they probably have more information than we do. Um, but from a football perspective, yeah, I, I don't see an argument other than the fact that he's a captain and kind of just pushing him onto the field because of that. Matt, I want to go back to the offense because the last two weeks don't look like they did. The offense doesn't look like it did when you were running the ball through Dallas. Um, and the one constant through this, whether you're talking about Brian Dable or Ken Dorsey or Joe Brady, it's still Sean McDermott's team. We know that head coaches in the NFL are control freaks. What is it? Is it is it a head coach that's meddling where he maybe doesn't need to be meddling? Is it uh, we don't want to show too much when we're trying to win these games and the way that we win these games? I mean, what what do you attribute the kind of like just the 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 the, the misstep they're off a beat here the last two weeks. So I think it starts with in the passing game, Josh Allen has just not been Josh Allen the last two games. I think that that's fair to say and for him to come off the field and talk about how bad he played and how poorly he threw the ball. Like there's something going on there. And like, obviously the shoulder has been something that's been an issue all season. He's remained on the injury report throughout the season. Um, and now you add in this little stinger at the end of the game and you wonder how much that's going to um, affect his week of practice this week. The first time we get a chance to see that is tomorrow. So we'll, we'll see where he's at. Everybody said he's good. So, you know, you, you got to take them at their word. <clears throat> but go back to that Cowboys game and what was the team, who was the team they were running against? The Cowboys who are one of the worst def- run defenses in the NFL. And what they've played – uh, the Chargers game was a little bit of a weird outlier, I think. It was a short week, traveling east to west coast against a really bad opponent that just changed head coaches. I think it was just a funky game. But the Patriots have one of the best run defenses in the league. So I think that they were trying to get the run game going, and over time they just you know, kind of were more comfortable settling for those three to four yards per carry. But that's a dangerous game to play, too. Um, you know, I thought 
I haven't gone back and looked at the exact play action numbers in that game, but I think it was interesting that in on the first play, um, Brady ran play action and Josh Allen got um, sacked and it was, it looked very reminiscent of the, the play on the first play the previous week against the Broncos. Um, and, and so I wonder if it was a situation where they didn't want to lean into that. And that's something that I think you have to do especially against teams that defend the run well, is you've got to change it up. You've got to give them different looks. And I don't know if um, the Bills ever kind of got comfortable offensively, and I think it, even Alan alluded to that after the game. So there's a lot going on right there. And I still think as good as it's looked at times under Brady, there's still an element to, like, he's playing catch-up. He has to be, right? Like, I mean, there's only, um, you know, when you get – tasked with taking over the whole operation when you've had one singular job like in the middle of the season uh that's that's a challenge so i think they're still dealing with some some elements of that yeah matt perino uh syracuse post standard our guest here doesn't help matt when uh right out of the gate you're not even 15 seconds into this game and you're down seven nothing uh you still can return a kickoff apparently in this league for a touchdown as the patriots did um Gosh, if you think of like the worst moments here of uh, you know the season, well, go back to week one, a punt return, or you know the twelve men on the field. There, the question here is about special teams, Matt. Should we expect some overhaul, <laughs> uh, whether that's the coach or the personnel or something? Like, I, I, I don't need my special teams uh, to win games. I just need them. We've, not to we've lose already them. identified our off-season yeah. fall guy for this team. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um... If if it was if it was my decision, Matthew Smiley would be would no longer be the, the special teams coordinator. I think you could have made an argument for that after the um, De- uh, Denver game, and they decided to to let go of Ken Dorsey. And obviously, that's worked. Um, that they they have a, they've only lost one game since. Um, I also wonder if they need to pivot away from this idea that they need these core special teams players because you're paying Tyler Medikevich. Um, you know, there, there's a couple guys on that unit over the years that have been, uh, they've leaned on as captains and guys that they've invested in a little bit more. I, I don't think you need to do that. I, I think you need to find, you know, they, they tend to develop special teamers pretty well anyway. Like think of Tyrell Dotson, Cam Lewis, undrafted guys that, you know, come in and, and find a way to, to make plays and, and play a role. Balen Spector, a late ground draft pick, guys like that. Although I think Balen Spector has been, um, uh, one of the guys that I think hasn't had a great run of special teams play this season. Uh, so that they're going to have to make some, some decisions, uh, especially at the coordinator spot, because it was such a easy transition from Farwell to Smiley because Smiley had been on the staff for so long, but this is a significant dip back. I mean, they're bottom third in the, in the league in DVOA uh, special teams, which if you took, put all the three units together, that's the, the, the one unit that's not holding its weight, and it's a unit that under Farwell before Smiley was consistently top five in the NFL. Matt, uh, let's uh, take a closer look at Miami, where they are heading into this game after just getting blown out by uh, the number one seed, by the Ravens. Um, look, based on how the Bills have played the last two weeks, I'm not overly confident about their ability to go down to Miami and win week 18, but... Uh, we, we have seen the Bills have their way with the Dolphins in one way, shape, or form. They, they get wins, and Josh Allen has proven to be, uh, this has proven to be a, a very positive matchup for Josh Allen. How do you see things here early in the week lining up for the Bills here as they travel to South Beach? It's funny. is like I feel like the last two weeks, 
give you more confidence or should give you more confidence because even though they didn't play well for a lot of those two games, they still found ways to win. And that's a complete different story than we watched earlier in this season as they were playing down to competition, but then blowing games late uh, against the Patriots and the Broncos. So I think they're in a spot now going on the road against the Miami Dolphins team that they've just absolutely owned over the years um, since Josh Allen has arrived and they're banged up on defense. And the one area where the bills need to get right after the last couple of games is their passing game. And that's a, a defense right now. That's just not, it doesn't have enough horses to defend. And the, the thing about them that's tough is like, you can run against them, uh, especially with who they're missing. And so I think James Cook is a guy in this game. Like, let's go back and watch that Ravens game. Justice Hill, um, Gus Edwards, they just feasted in the run and pass game. Like, this is the James Cook game, if you've ever seen it. I think Stephon Diggs can get going. I know it's going to probably be shadow coverage by Jalen Ramsey, uh, but whoever's on Eli Apple, who's going to probably play for Xavier Howard, that should be somebody that's also having some success in this game. But I don't think they, could, they have an answer for James Cook. And, you know, you saw what it could look like at its peak with uh, over 200 yards all-purpose a couple weeks ago against the Cowboys. It's going to look a little bit different this week because I think they're going to use him maybe more in the passing game. Uh, but, yeah, I would get the ball in his hands as much as possible. I'd leave Latavius Murray on the bench. I might even consider making him a game day inactive and elevating Leonard Fournette off the practice squad and handing over the number two job uh, solely to Ty Johnson and letting you know Fournette come in on a, on a couple got-to-have-it passing downs where you want his pass blocking. But other than that, I, I think Cook and Ty Johnson have done enough to be that one-two tandem at this point. And it feels like Sean McDermott, Joe Brady are kind of, you know, leaning in that direction after Ty Johnson came back from the injury and had a really good fourth quarter the other night. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. So, Matt, uh, what would help Buffalo and, I guess, fans, you know, like going into that game knowing, okay, you're in, you're just doing this to improve your seating, you maybe get a home game. What's the likelihood that either the Steelers or the Jaguars lose on Sunday or Saturday? I mean, I think either of them could lose. I mean, you get a fired up Mike Vrabel at the podium today um, talking about not wanting to end the season on a bad note. I know Will Levis is going to be something that you watch all week, but maybe Ryan Tannehill somehow – uh, comes up with an Andy Dalton-like performance for the Bills and somehow finds a way to knock off the Jags. And you can kind of take a deep breath going into Sunday night football, play a little bit freer, but while still needing to win that game because you want that two seed. So that, that's the piece of it that doesn't matter to me, what happens with the first two games, because I, I think the Bills are going on, down there on a mission. Like that is to go from six and six with your playoff odds at something like 19% at, at around that point. To now, five weeks later, six weeks later, having a chance to play for two home playoff games on the road against a team that's absolutely beaten up and is flailing themselves. I mean, it's been a typical December for the Miami Dolphins. They're two and two, and two exactly what they've kind of been the last couple of years. When things get hard, when the tape is out and the defense gets tougher, they tend to kind of regress. And so now... The Bills are, are going into this on an absolute heater, and I know it hasn't looked pretty the last two games, but it, I think inside that building, they take a lot of, they build a lot of confidence, take a lot of confidence from the fact that they were able to win those games despite not playing very well. So, Matt, uh, I know that we've been digesting a steady drumbeat for the last few weeks of, hey, if there's a team you don't want to play in the postseason, it's the Buffalo Bills. We've been hearing it and hearing it, maybe less so the last couple of weeks, but th- there are you know, a lot of people that believe that the Bills right now are deserving of that 2C, that they are the second-best team in the AFC and maybe the third-best team in the NFL. But I wanted to get your take on what you've seen out of the Ravens because right now that's the team that I would not want to face just based, even though they're beat up, even, even though that, you know, they've had some struggles in the postseason. man, that looks like a physical, physical team that can have their way in, in the postseason. You know, I love the matchup of Sean McDermott against Lamar um, for the bills, but to your point, they are very physical on both lines. I think their defensive line has been, you know, so good this year and they pivoted to, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, a new defensive scheme and you're starting to see the fruits of that labor. They've been one of the best defenses in football. And so to your point, I, I think the Baltimore Ravens are the best team in the NFL right now. And so, you know, the bills of course can have a claim to that at some point. And with the, if we're talking about just how it looks on paper and, you know, having Josh Allen and comparing Josh Allen and Lamar, we can have all those conversations but at the end of the day. Those, the resume for the Ravens this year is, you know, uh, just unbelievable. So the team to me that now fits into what you were just talking about with the way that people were talking about the Bills the last month is the Browns. Because I think the Browns are the team nobody wants to play. Like, Flacco's just playing with house money. He is not – he's been unflappable. Like, you know, and their defense is the best defense, I think, in the NFL. 
Miles um, Garrett is to me the most unblockable pass rusher, but also like the most like impossible player to deal with because you could spend your whole week game planning for him and he could still wreck your game. So the Browns are to me like the one good thing about the Bills potentially winning the two seed is that they would most likely not have to face the Browns in the second round. You'd probably end up, if you faced them at all, I'd make an argument that I think the Browns are, are a worse matchup for the Bills than the Ravens, as crazy as that might sound. But you might not have to play them until the AFC title game if that were to be the case, and then it would be a home game. I mean, there's so many different scenarios that could play out in a super weird AFC year here as it is. And, oh, by the way, I know everybody's writing off the Kansas City Chiefs, but I am just not there. Yeah. Like, it, I, I, it would not be crazy to me if they figure out a way to refine their identity down the str- or into the playoffs for that offense. But wouldn't it be fun to see them come to Buffalo what, for, with fans in the stands for, for the first time since 2014, which in this Mahomes-Allen era hasn't happened yet, again, with fans in the stands. Um, last one for me, Matt, and it, it's a player that I don't think we talk enough about. How did the Bills get Rasul Douglas there for a pick swap? I mean, I guess I maybe on the one hand, you don't normally get corners playing their best ball uh, when they're approaching age 30, but uh, the importance of that trade, I'm just wondering where the Bills might be here if they didn't pick up Douglas there at the deadline. I mean, that's, that's one of those kind of moves that I think that you'll look back on Brandon Bean's tenure as one of the pivotal moves. Now, of course, they could not make the playoffs, and this year could be a waste. But if they go on a real run here, um, you look back at a move like that and say, wow, for a guy that's like at times over the last 12 months taken quite a bit of hit heat for some of like you know the alleged misses in the draft and some bad free agent decisions, a lot of what he did last season into this season has come up really, really nicely for the Bills. And you're also now seeing some guys that he's drafted develop. I mean, Terrell, where would the Bills' defense be without Terrell Bernard? I mean, you look at that, that graphic that the Bills put out a couple days ago about his season. Uh, what was it? Uh, Six-plus sacks, three-plus picks, and three-plus fumble recoveries. And that's, that's more in one season than Tremaine Edmonds had in his entire Bills career. Yeah. And that's a guy that, like, we spent the entire summer talking about what in the world are the Bills doing? They've not addressed this position at all. They're banking on Terrell Bernard, and all he's done is made them look like geniuses. And, you know, uh, I think there's a lot of that. I think the Connor McGovern move, I've talked a lot about this on the podcast the last couple of days. It's like you can't – he didn't have a, a, a great game last week, so maybe this isn't the best time to say it, but look at his season compared to the top free agent uh, at guard, Ben Powers in Denver. Powers given up three sacks. I think he's given up 26 and a half pressures. And McGovern's given up one sack and 15 pressures. And the Bills are paying him like $6 million less per season. He was the fourth-ranked guard in AAV on the free agent market. I mean, that is bang for your buck that I don't think is truly appreciated, especially considering what they had at the position last year in Saffold when he gave up 45 pressures, which I think led the NFL. 
Yeah, and and you know we don't spend enough time talking about the importance of that offensive line, the continuity that's come with them being healthy through through the entirety of the season. You mentioned Joe Flacco earlier. That to me is evidence that a, a good quarterback behind a really really good offensive line can still flourish. I mean, let's face it, Flacco's not putting up those numbers behind what the Jets were throwing out there last year. No, without a doubt. And actually, if you look ahead and and you start to look at the offseason i know and i'm in this bucket like i think the bills should be aggressive getting their next wide receiver one and if it's not wide receiver one right away because you got another year of digs then it's wide receiver one and waiting and there's a bunch in this first round and i think that might mean you take some draft capital and you get up in the first round you don't think kansas city is going to be you know making calls to try to get up to get one of these wide receivers after watching their group this year I don't think you can let another Trent McDuffie situation happen where you get leapfrogged by another team that's wide receiver hungry, different position, obviously. But you also have to start thinking about offensive line long-term, especially tackle long-term. Deion Dawkins isn't getting any younger. Spencer Brown's been really good. But I don't think you can bank on a guy after one season, after a couple of okay seasons, uh, at times even bad seasons, to be an answer there. So you're going to have some some decisions to be make, made, and I really think the draft, with the way this defense have, has played and how they found pieces, how they've melded it all together. I know a lot of people are talking about safety high up in the draft. Maybe not a lot of people, but some people. I don't know if I'd go in that direction because the Bills, historically under Sean and Brandon, have done a good job at finding those um, undrafted, low-round draft picks and having them be depth. But also, I mean, go back to Hyde and Poyer. They were both guys that, you know, I think Poyer was a UDFA and Hyde was a late-round draft pick. You don't need to spend great capital to develop really good safeties. And I think that with the emphasis they put on their defensive line anyway and the fact that they're continuing to develop uh, along that, you have Ed Oliver in your place, you have Greg Rousseau in place, we'll see what happens with the rest of them. Uh, I think you can go out and get somebody there. But tackle and wide receiver this offseason are at the top of my priority list. We are talking Matt Perino, Syracuse Post Standard Danger. I didn't tell you this story earlier, but uh, Ryan Talbot was at the game, and I, I'm afraid I came off as big leaguing him because he came up to me during the time. Not I was like, you. No, you never do that. I, like I just, he's like he, Ryan comes up to me and says, "Hey, uh, you know, I, I came up to you earlier and it was ready to say hello, but you were kind of in the zone." I'm like, I didn't even realize Matt Day was there. I just Matt, I, does I, I, Gene? Quick question: Does Gene give off "Leave Me Alone" vibes on game day? Oh. Listen, this is the best segment of this hit so far because <laughs> uh, I got a lot of thoughts. So here's the thing. Sometimes you walk by Gino in the press box, and that is just it. He looks just dialed in, either dialed in or he's just daydreaming about them putting out the lunch spread because we're like about a half hour away from all the food coming out. Yeah. It's one or the other. I can't ever tell which one, but he, he's got that look. Could be both. Maybe. Matt, what are you on Ryan working? When's the next uh, Shoutcast uh, drop here? All right. So we got four episodes this week. I'm dropping one here. As soon as I get done here, we're going to preview the games that could dictate the scenario for Sunday night. So I I caught up with Mike Golick Jr. today. Ryan and I will talk a little bit about it. We'll have our Staples show tomorrow. I believe I'll have Marcel Louis-Jacques on Thursday. And then Friday will be our preview episode. Matt, uh, great work as always. Let's catch up again uh, next week, and hopefully we're talking about the Bills advancing in the postseason. 
Sounds good, boys. Take care. Yeah, Thanks, Jerry's Matt. Matt Perino, Syracuse Post Standard, joining us here in the sports bar with the latest from Orchard Park. Yeah, as uh, he sounds optimistic, he thinks that, okay, these last two games, maybe not, but the Bills can go down to Miami and uh, take care of their business. I thought it was also interesting, too, Danger identifying the Browns being the one team. It's true. That, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That that's, that's strong. That's fair. Uh, you know, it, it's funny it, with Flacco back there doing what he's doing. It is an unbelievable story, but more than anything, it just puts an emphasis on just how important that offensive line is, right? Like if you, so many bad teams, bad teams, we just don't talk about offensive line play when we're talking generally about football. And it's everything. It's so important. The, the Lamar wouldn't be who Lamar is without that offensive line. Josh Allen wouldn't be who he is without that offensive line. And furthermore, really good quarterbacks who struggle because they don't have that offensive line in front of them. It's it's so important. And Joe Flacco is just evidence. Uh, imagine what the Jets look like next year if it's Aaron Rodgers behind that offensive line. He's going to look terrible behind that offensive line. Or Joe Flacco where it was previously. It didn't look like anything. And I think this is an important point to bring up on this day, January 2nd, because if you're a Bills fan, you probably remember where you were and everything that what happened one year ago today. And is it sacrilege for me to say that the comeback player of the year should be Joe Flacco? Oh, I don't think that's sacrilege. And, and I think DeMar Hamlin, whereas you went into the season saying, oh, it's going to be DeMar Hamlin. It's, but he's been so out of the spotlight. I mean, he's been inactive, what, every week except for, what, three, four? He, he hasn't contributed. Right. He's, look, it's the best comeback of all time, but as far as helping your team. Correct. There, there are far more worthy candidates. You could give it to Baker Mayfield, right? I mean, Baker Mayfield's a pretty good story if they find themselves in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco is certainly a great story as well. But man, that offensive line and, and Cleveland, Cleveland's legit. That's the that wow. defense is really, really good. I, I'm with Perino on that one, and I might not be as optimistic about Sunday night as he is. But some really great points there from Matt Perino covering the bills for the Syracuse post standard. You can join us on the good smoke barbecue and pub wingman line. Eight, six, six, four F a N is our phone number. Eight, six, six, four, three, two, six award-winning barbecue from good smoke barbecue and pub. The new location at one thirty-five West commercial street in East Rochester. Good smoke, We'll get to some takes on tap next with I'll drink to that. Yeah. I've got some thoughts here on uh, what we experienced from the NFL in terms of scheduling on Christmas. Oh, we're not going to do that next year. It's on a Wednesday. Okay, I'll present to you my plan on this. Also, Syracuse basketball take here. While they're more entertaining, it doesn't feel like the Bayheim era carried over here. I, I like what I saw. They are fatally flawed. Mm. Okay, there's nothing. Nothing's going to fix this team. This team is doomed in the end. They're going to be fun to watch, but they're doomed, and I'll explain. Um, I, I had so much fun uh, as the year wrapped up uh, compiling lists of Francesas. Now, if you're new to the show, you hear us use Francesa as a verb. Um, what's a Francesa? A Francesa is something that you're just over. You, you don't care about it, you, or you're blissfully ignorant or oblivious to. And it stems from the GOAT, from Mike Francesa when he was back on WFAN, uh, finding out that uh, Spider-Man creator Stan Lee passed away. Eddie in Hoboken, what's up, Eddie? Hey, what's up, Mike? What's happening? Hey, Mike, Stan Lee died today. Did you ever meet the guy? What do you think of him? Stan Lee. 
Yeah, Stan Lee. You I don't know who he Stan is. Lee? Don't know who he is now. Jesus. Who is he? <laughs> who is he? Who is Stan Lee? He was one of the creators of Marvel Comics. Oh, who cares? I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not a comic book guy. Is that what, is that who he is, Stan Lee? The he guy created who, Spider-Man. That was his. Oh, big created thing. Spider-Man. Sorry, I never was a comic book reader as a kid. I apologize. Never. So <laughs> he's apologizing for not reading comic books, not for like, hey, your family might be listening. Uh, oh, he died. Oh, who cares? Right. He died. Yeah, oh. and Eddie from Hoboken is also deserves a lot of credit for that bit of audio as well. His reaction, Jesus, just priceless. <laughs> oh, who cares? So with that in mind, I have compiled the list of my weekend Francesca's here. It's, Ooh, a, it's, it's a Tuesday, but it feels like a Monday. Well, it's, it's a long, long weekend. That was uh, what? 10 or 12 uh, day well, weekend. It's funny you brought that up because I also have a take on the week between Christmas and New Year's that I'll share next okay. as well. Uh, we've got uh, Amherst head coach uh, Seth Appert joining us uh, at 545 during last call. call and we, we do have time for your calls as well at 866-4FAN. More next in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia, the fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence Data Fixed Median Download Speeds USQ3 2023. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.